This is Tom from tdjacobs.com. Pardon my voice, I had a sinus event this week, and so I have a little paste, paste nasal, post-nasal drip and stuff. I'm sitting here charging Laramar for the first time. I picked up nine small rough pieces at the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show uh, in February, and I was drawn to it, and all these synchronicities led to it. But when I actually saw it, I had I had to get some and, and make some cabs and and have them turned into uh, pendants because they're very they're pretty small, much smaller than other handheld pieces that I would typically offer for meditation. And um, I'm trying. I was trying to figure out, feeling into it over the last few weeks, what I think and feel about the Laramar. What happened when I first picked it up? The guy puts, I picked each one out of this water-filled bin because water with rough rock simulates what it looks like when polished. So you can kind of see what the material's like and you can make your choice. So I picked them up one by one. And when he put them in a little bag and handed them to me, I felt that, and we walked, my, my student who was with me and I walked away, I felt this simultaneous urge to weep from joy and ascend into the air because of lightness. <laughs> it was really, really surreal. And I I got confused and stupid and I became ungrounded. So I asked uh, my student, Rachel, to carry the bag for me while we walked around the gem show more. But I could feel it in the, um, I could feel it in her bag. Like even if she was like 20 feet away, I could feel it. Um, and then later... I was coming out of a, a space and we had split up and then we met again and I put up my hand to wave and it didn't work right. <laughs> my fingers didn't work right. My hand didn't move. My fingers kind of like clasped or something. So, and I felt really ungrounded. I felt really, anyway, so I, I, I didn't spend much time with it at, until um, I was polishing these cabs. So a few weeks later, I sat down and started polishing these cabs and and I, it was enjoyable, but I didn't notice anything in particular. And now I'm in Sedona for the Sedona Yoga Festival. I'm doing uh, readings and energy work and teaching and selling crystals. And uh, that actually starts in a few in a few hours for four days. So the plan the whole time was to charge these little pendants. So I'm sitting here doing it, and I just had a pretty serious insight. I wanted to record it and share it. Um. Because people say it, it has the wisdom and tranquility of the sea and the sky. People say um, it's the uh, the goddess stone. Uh, people say it's relates to Atlantis, and people say di- all kinds of different things. It comes from the Dominican Republic, and it's this interesting set of blue, sometimes with green and white in there. This material, pectolite, when it's white, is apparently pretty common. But when it's blue, the only source is this area in uh, Dominican Republic. So, so anyway, so it is definitely special and definitely high vibrating. And so I've been doing this for maybe almost 10 minutes. Um, and I feel clear. I, I decided to focus as I charge them on clearing my own resistance to evolution, clearing my own doubts, my own karmic issues with trusting life, this kind of thing. And I feel super, super. I feel pretty super. Anyway, 
and I and I decided to meditate and kind of check in and say, you know, what do I what do I think about these things people say? The dolphin thing that's a very interesting that's a very interesting thing in general. I don't anyway. The dolphin thing I, I, I get with these stones, I'm not sure. The goddess stone, calling it the goddess stone. I mean for me, pink opal is is the goddess stone because it um I mean I mean I think they're all goddess stones and they're all god stones. But I mean, like red jasper helps us, see, you know, clear out our debris so we can see the divine in each other. You know, the brecciated red jasper I offer for healing abuse and boundary issues and you know weird second chakra stuff. The tiger iron makes us recognize the goddess within ourselves because it it gets us grounded so we know we feel safe. Um, onyx makes us recognize the divine within us because it brings to the surface our disempowerment issues so that we can own our power. So anyway, so saying it's the goddess stone, it definitely has this, I guess what we would call a high vibration, so I get that. But then I thought the Atlantis thing. And for me, people, even people I'm close to, who'll say stuff like, I have a relationship with Atlantis or and or Lemuria, and I've never connected with that because it feels mythological to me. Now, I'm not saying it's not true, but it feels so far removed from what's happening right now that I've never connected with that. So then I'm sitting here with these um, six pieces of high vibrating, um, loving, free and clear, these blue stones. And I say, how do I relate to the, what people say that it's an, the Atlantis stone or relates to Atlantis? And immediately I got this download about overcoming separation, overcoming blocks to connection, healing tribal issues. Tribal issues exist within tribes and also within individuals. If you've been paying attention to anything in 3D, you're aware that immigration is such a huge deal right now in many countries on the earth, trying to control this flood of people either seeking a better life or escaping war and or whatever. These are all tribal issues. If we think there's not enough, we resort to tribal issues. If we look at the person who has different skin or a different belief system and decide that they're other than us, this is a tribal issue. So I'm not yet clear exactly why this Atlantis thing yields that, but this is what one of the energies going into these Laramar, I almost call them Lemuria pieces, the Laramar pieces. If you connect with your divine self, you know that everything's fine. If you get in your body and your heart, if you look at your fears, you know that everything's fine. If you own your fear, if you own your pain, your regrets, your shame and guilt, then you know that other people can't push these buttons. If you own the button by saying, yeah, I have a button, let me manage that. Let me work with that. Let me work on healing it, unraveling the confusing, painful thing that goes with it. Let me own this. Then other people don't push your buttons. 
when other people don't push your buttons, you see how your choices are expressions of divine will. So here we have this stone that vibrates so high. When I picked it up the first time, I wanted to float, float up in the air. I would just, you know, and and it, it's not really a joke, but when I feel that way, I imagine the sound of an, of an ascending slide whistle. And there's a, Jillian has a slide whistle in her kitchen, and sometimes I do that. I play with it, but I felt this lightness is the best way to say it. I want to say purity and clarity, but recognizing that these 3D things exist, that I'm in a body, recognizing that, you know, even right now I'm having some physical discomfort because of a few things over the last few months. Um, and I think my linear logical mind latches onto that and makes that really meaningful. So working with this Laramar has helped me see beyond that a little bit. It's not that it's erasing it. This is not move into my upper chakras and hope for the best or decide that everything's fine because everything's rosy and I'm already goddess and God and I love me, but saying all of these 3D things are true and yet I have a choice on how I vibrate. Hmm. Also, the way that these are charged... Because I'm always grounding, they're not going to zoom you up into your sixth or seventh chakra so that you trip over things and forget what day it is. Anything I charge um, is grounded, is in some degree grounding. Even though when you look at this, you would not expect that at all. You would look at this stone. I had this, I brought a, I got an intuitive massage session with uh, this uh, friend of mine in town in Tucson. Uh one time I brought with me an Oralite 23 piece with the, uh, which is mostly, mostly amethyst, but it's got up to 17 minerals in it. So they're little inclusions and that's a very high vibrating stone. And so it looks like amethyst. It's purplish, right? And it's got chevrons and white inclusions and these little metallic mineral inclusions. And this friend of mine, Jeff is so energetically sensitive he looked at it and kind of cocked his head because looking at it, it looks that it's going to be very high vibrating, but when he felt it, it was grounding. And so, so uh, I'm, I'm happy that I can report that, but these stones are not going to make you zoom up into the air like a balloon uh, to the soundtrack of an, of an ascending slide whistle. So all of this tribal stuff, which is, which is, to me, shorthand. Like when a guide or a master mentions that to me, which I think is what just happened, um, I, that's shorthand for me that we are all in this process of healing tribal issues. Since the end of the Mayan calendar in late 2011, so over four years ago, we have been experiencing that the veils between dimensions... The veils between the dimensions within our consciousnesses is what we're talking about, are gone. So other life issues are coming up louder and louder. So since then, immigration issues have become louder and louder and louder. So simultaneously, people are becoming empowered to seek a better life, while other people are afraid there's not enough, there's a problem, all of this stuff. 
So it's actually from the global perspective or from the perspective of the collective soul or all that is and goddess and God energy, it's actually a very positive step because, I mean, this influx of people into places that can't handle them, that's actually from the soul's point of view, it's positive because they are asserting we can have a better life. That is empowerment. They're taking steps to empowerment. But then it is bringing up all of the stuff about there isn't enough. And in very real ways. I'm not saying that the people in Europe and the U.S. and other places who are saying there's not enough, I'm not saying they're, they're wrong, but, but it's, I'm not saying that their data are faulty or they're liars. I'm saying that but what I'm saying is we are learning what it costs to come from fear regarding these issues. And the replay of many lives within our consciousness now, meaning from the unconscious coming up into consciousness, fear about the other, fear about not having enough, fear about who they are, who they aren't, who we can be, who we can't, what's going to happen, fear about what's going to happen is huge because en masse we are experiencing fears from other lifetimes. And one of the defining factors of human existence is the fear of death, the fear of not continuing our bloodlines, the fear of not having enough, the fear of making a mistake. So we have all these fears coming up from across time, from many, many lives. So when I see, when I'm tuning into this Laramar and I get this guidance, what about the Atlantis thing? So that we overcome divisions, what that also tells, we overcome these uh, perceived divisions and these separations because fears of the other, all the tribal issues, tribal fears. It also says to me that that time, and this is what I've thought about the Atlantis thing forever, that time we shouldn't try to emulate what, we, what we're told was happening then. Is it harmonious? Is it planned? Is it, I, I don't intellectually know a ton of things about what they say, about what people say. I just know that people talk about it with this dreamy look in their eye and they long to recreate it. They long for the past and they kind of look at what we live in and they kind of poo poo what we live in because it's dirty and angry and hateful, not recognizing that we are in the slow slog, the process of painful evolution from fear into love. So what I'm suggesting is, and I think this is part of the reason this has been stirred today, is making a suggestion that you carry higher, purer, clearer vibrations of loving intent while you are grounded and living your 3D life on Earth, now as you, it's 2016. Don't long for something else. Carry the divine with you. Don't, don't wish things could be different. Carry the divine with you. It means carrying love and intentionality. It means carrying with you the power to hold space for yourself to process intense, deep emotion. Don't wish something were different. Carry loving power with you and make choices to change the world within you, 
which will change the world around you. And this brings up for me, here, I guess I'm on a roll. Uh, this, this brings up for me that some people who are moving in metaphysical or spiritual circles wonder when they can finally get off this wheel. Wonder when they can live their last life or they're told that this is their last life or they only have one or two more. None of that's true. Your soul exists across time or outside time, it is living multiple, many thousands, millions of lives in 3D. Its consciousness is erupting into 3D in lives like yours, and your cat and dog, and those birds. So you are living many, many lives. There is no end goal for you as an individual that you then get to jump off the merry-go-round. That is erroneous. That is not how souls work. That is a religious conception of what karma is and what evolution is about. You know, I had this idea that certain souls can, you know, will go to their evolutionary process and then choose to stay here and be bodhisattvas. Then you have this idea of ascended masters where they're not embodied. Um, I think that you need to really understand uh, people, humanity, other beings, that we are all in this evolutionary process together. This is not about you. This is about you as part of the trillions of beings. This is about you as part of the collective soul. This manifestation experiment ends when we all get it. So what are you doing about being loving? What are you doing about transforming your relationship with pain and fear and anger and hatred and resentment and guilt, shame, regret, and self-doubt? What are you doing? Because that is goddess and God's evolutionary mission incarnating on this planet in this way. You don't get a gold star and get to hop off when you forgive your mother. <laughs> when you forgive your mother, then you realize that you have to give, forgive yourself for that thing. And then when you do that, you realize, you know, it's a chain of things. Part of you might hear that as, it's so depressing because it never ends. But realize that the process of going from fear into love is giant. Look at how much fear is on this planet. Look at how much fear is just in your town, your city, your family. It's giant. We are all confronting this opportunity. And it's an amazing, incredible opportunity. So there's nothing wrong with having fear and anger. But we need to learn to deal with them effectively in intentional, grounded ways. So as I think about this Lermar, this is all inspired by the Lermar. You'd never expect to hear a me with a booming voice with Larimar, but I'm really getting that feeling of clarity, that kind of purity, not in everything's fine, but in I can handle things. Let me look at my vibrations. Let me look at my choices. And then let me understand let me seek to delve into why I do those things. Why do I choose those things? What, why do I believe that? What is the belief? 
Where does that belief come from? What circumstances have shaped me emotionally and psychologically and physically to cause me to make that choice? And then let me own all of it as a co-creation of divine consciousness. Because I, as a human, I am a soul living as a human. And I'm creating this. I'm creating that thing that happened decades ago that makes me closed now so that I can go from fear into love. I'm creating that decision. I, as the divine, am creating the decision from decades ago that created situation X that made me regret it and made me feel I had to apologize to someone, but I could never apologize enough. I created that. I am, as the divine, creating it. And I want you to decide that you are willing to be the person, to own it, to be the person who has created these things so that your soul can see what it's like as a human to go from fear into love. This is one of the most important things I've ever recorded. Because this is the core of it. This is the core of your life. Like, this is it. Whatever goals you have for your life, they are navigations. They are intended to navigate you in, around, or through, or away from a pain. Or toward a love to leave a pain. you got to own everything. And you have to decide that it's all fine. Look at everything you choose with compassion. Using compassion, accept all of your choices. Humble yourself by owning the painful things in your life as your divine creations. Humble yourself to empower yourself. And always remember, whatever you think has happened, realize there's a narrative and there are facts. Do everything you can to step back from the interpretation, the narrative the assumption of what it means. And ground, open your heart, get clear, and seek the truth about why it really happened. Your brain is always wrong, so your job is to connect with truth. Part of that's in the heart, Part of that's in the right brain, the intuitive self. But your mind, your left brain, is always wrong.
So this is the most time I've spent with more than one piece of Laramar. This is really amazing. I'm always skeptical when people say, oh, such and such is such a high vibration stone. I'm always skeptical because if you read what they say, it sounds like hooey. It sounds like, as I heard on the radio the other day, hyperbole. It sounds like hyperbole. <laughs> I heard a, a, a journalist use the word hyperbole. Um, it sounds hyperbolic. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds ungrounded. It sounds wishy-washy, flaky, new-agey. And I, I've been turned around each and every time, but I have to have my own experience with it. I can't turn around and tell you, Larima is a very high vibrating stone and it connects you to the dolphin goddess. Like I can't, I can't do that because I need to have my own experience with it. And of course the energy I put into them creates a unique vibration that they will emit. They essentially, all these stones function as batteries giving off the energies I've put into them. And for those of you who don't really get how that works, think about how if we're sitting together and I get very angry, you'll feel it. I might not even say anything. You'll feel the energy coming off me. Or if I get sad, I don't even say anything. Like if I say to you, oh, sad situation A unfolded, you might, oh, yeah, but you're feeling energy all the time. So what I've done is I've learned how to manage that, store it, alter frequencies, how to move it, sustain it, and put it in to people as well as objects, specifically stones and crystals. It's the same principle. I think that's it. Thank you for your time and energy. I'm going to go belch some more and suck on a cough lozenge and see what's next for my day. Take care.